Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number two, Jeff Cameron, show three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Great to be with you. Happy Redemption Thursday. Just a few wagers today. Uh, it gets much more robust when we get all of the games going in an ordinary week. Just a limited schedule this week, but I'll tell you what, just to see it, just go ahead and pull that up for yourself and get excited about um, you know what ends up happening, though. It's funny because... I did this this morning for bright and early. Tom, there's football being played Saturday. College football is being played at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. The interminable wait of the offseason is basically officially over. It's not tomorrow. It is the next day. I mean, it's over. I like that of your action, which is limited on this particular Redemption Thursday wagering menu, mm-hmm. you have the first game of the college football season that we that we care about. I want to know where I stand, baby. Right here, right now. Kickoff happens for more than just the players, buddy. It's it's where do we stand? Are we one and zero? Are we chasing? Are we chasing in week one? Is that what we're doing already? I will tell you, if I were to dip my toes in the water after a inauspicious start. In uh, Memorial Stadium, Champaign, Illinois. That must be the only Memorial Stadium in the country. You would think there'd be more, Tom, but you're right. There just isn't any. (laughs) Here comes the list of Memorial Stadiums from people who think we're being serious. So, if it gets off to a rocky start, if you're tuned in on Saturday at 1 o'clock, and the Cornhuskers are still just clueless. And Fat Bielema has the Illini rolling. You could venture a uh, little number or two on Fresno State with UConn visiting. It is slated to be in uh, Bulldog Stadium, Fresno, California, Tom. Over 100 degrees at kickoff. Is that right? Yeah. Is that U- Bulldog UConn- Memorial Stadium? The famed Bulldog Stadium, okay. not Memorial. Not Bulldog Memorial, okay. Do have a game in the Rose Bowl. Do have a game in the Rose Bowl. San Gabriel Mountains in the background and all their glory. Hawaii and UCLA at 3.30. And then, yeah, you really have to love football. I'm not going to lie to you. You got to love football if you're saying to yourself, hey, I'll tell you what, Johnny, why don't you throw on that UTEP New Mexico State game they're getting ready to kick off, don't you know? Aggie Memorial Stadium. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. In Las Cruces. 
I like saying that. Uh, UTEP at New Mexico State. You may hear somebody say, that sounds like something I'd like to do. Tickets are going for as low as $10. Southern Utah and San Jose State uh, is the final game of the night uh, in the famed CEFCU Stadium. (laughs) That is the actual name of the stadium. C-E-F-U-C? No, C-E-F-C-U. Oh, C-E-F-C-U Memorial. C-U. Yeah, Memorial. No. We'll see you at the Memorial. Hey, so by the way, um, if you think to yourself, okay, well, you know, I got to admit, that's all well and good, but uh, I'm going to be antsy until we get to the official week one slate of games. No, 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 don't do that to yourself. Do not. On this Redemption Thursday, the first of the year, I can tell you that not only do games begin on Saturday, uh, there are games, in fact, there's a game on Wednesday. They're not screwing around. Of next week. Wednesday, well, yes, today's Thursday. It would be tough. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah I was going to say. There's a game next Wednesday, not one that you're we missed anxious one. to see. <laughs> what? What the hell? Get it together, Cameron. You didn't tell us. Wake and Liberty? Who there knew? There was a game on? Well, Wake and Liberty would be a hell of a game. You'd watch that game. Uh, UAB in Jacksonville State is the – you want to scout an opponent? All right. I'm a naughty kind of half kid. Uh, and then there is a giant slate of games on that Thursday. So one week from today, there is a whole bunch of games on a Thursday night, including uh, there's soon to be – Pac-12 South victors, Utah, on the slate on a Thursday night. Uh, But look through all these. I'm just going to hint at something. I'm going to have a little fun with you guys. For as diluted as this week's Redemption Thursday slate is, in which I'm forcing the action a little bit, although a real play for me is Nebraska over Illinois, I can tell you that I like one, two, three, Four, five, six. I think I got six games, maybe seven, maybe seven, on that Thursday. That Thursday, just that Thursday, just that oh, Thursday. My goodness. And this was this was not. Hey, oh. I'm caught up in the moment. I've been swept away. This was preseason, kind of looking ahead. What are my numbers? What am I looking at here? Is there a trend here? Is this team overvalued? And I went through, and I had. Seven. I didn't even realize that many of them were on a Thursday. That's crazy. <laughs> I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Now, you're going to confuse people. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. People are going to think that uh, perhaps I just made an important announcement regarding Florida State Notre Dame. I, I will make an announcement regarding Florida State Notre Dame. You guys, we're going to be seeing a lot of each other. I hope so, anyhow. Uh, as Friday night before the Notre Dame game, Florida State-Notre Dame. Friday night, I'll be at Horizons Bar and Grill uh, with the guys from Seminole Headlines. I think we're rolling up over there around 5.30, a little get off of work. And that's correct. Yeah. Sounds like the patio is open for business. patio is open for business. There will be libations. There will be good food. There will be revelry. There will be fun. We'll get down to business. Mm -hmm. And then on Saturday, we get it on. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill as uh, it is the 10th annual Libations Friday slash, in this case, Saturday Fest, as we get an opportunity to uh, have a good time. Oh, look at that graphic. Yeah, well, it's a good-looking graphic, huh? 
Thanks to Metro Deli. Thanks to the CP. Thanks to Real Talk Radio 93.3. Thanks to Garnet and Gold and War Chant. And thanks to all of you. We've got a raffle drawing at halftime of the Miami-Alabama game. We'll have free t-shirts and koozies to the first 200 in attendance. It's Saturday, September the 4th, beginning at 2 p.m. at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill on Appalachie Parkway. We hope to see you out there. Cheers to everybody. Uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun. That's uh, that's a rather robust slate, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. That Saturday slate's going to be awesome. And it should be noted once again that the raffle will be held at halftime of the Alabama-Miami game featuring the grand prize of two 50-yard line seats. Mm, mm. A pair of seats, 50-yard line for Florida State Notre Dame. through big time, huh? Yes, they did. Hey, so, you know, I don't know how it gets lost, but it shouldn't because... Again, as we're just kind of reminding ourselves now and going through and stamping the weekends and days to come, um, there are there, there are a lot of really good games, and and I say that because we kind of just greatly overlook the fact that we will be rolling into corner pocket. I don't know, early third quarter of Penn State, Wisconsin. Maybe not. Maybe some people might be there for kickoff of Penn State, Wisconsin, <laughs> and the event just happens to start a couple hours later. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> maybe not. It I, could be. I love that you came. Maybe not, Jeff. Maybe not. We've got a top 20 matchup uh, at the exact same time that Alabama and Miami will be facing off next weekend, number one versus number 14, uh, and in a game that it's going to have to be it's going to have to occupy one of those televisions, I tell you that, because uh, I may have a little something-something going here with Indiana and Iowa. Oh, Indiana-Iowa. That's number 17 versus number 18 in okay. Kinnick Stadium, and Indiana is a extremely overvalued team. Well, it's a good thing that there are televisions throughout, including a Vegas wall featuring eight 60-inch flat screens. They upped it to 60-inch flat screens on the Vegas wall this year. Have you informed your wife that... Uh, My wife! Tejas... Has a top 25 matchup on their hands in week one. And are they the top 25 team or no? They, well, they both are. Oh, okay. Louisiana. Oh, the Raging Cajuns. Number 23 yes. in the country. Yes. Rolling into DKR, Texas Memorial oh, Stadium. I, yes. <laughs> I know that one. I've been to that Memorial Stadium. Uh, it was almost my memorial, given how they pack people in there like sardines in the upper deck. You're going to die of... Lack of oxygen. Texas is ranked 21. Yeah. This uh, this could be another in the long line of like the Maryland losses. We're like, oh, look at that. Another opening week, and Texas gets... Uh, I was in Atlanta, and I texted you because I had Maryland. And I remember yeah, I was... Yeah, at your brother's house. <laughs> we were doing a, a check-in sound check for pregame stuff. And I was like, look at Maryland. All right, way to go, Terps. Should note here that, uh, of course, the crescendo and the game that I'm most looking forward to not named Florida State Notre Dame is, in fact, the same one everybody should be excited to settle in for, 7.30 on ABC. Uh, that would be Georgia and Clemson, a top-five matchup, and a game that um, I think is, is kind of difficult to get a handle on. I, I, it really is because I mentioned it yesterday on the show, the the, the strength versus strength in one of the matchups. Uh, Georgia's offensive line, you've got to really check in to find out how healthy they are. little preview for you. College Sportsbook, I'll be hosting uh, a preview of that matchup soon, and I'll tweet it out and retweet it when College Sportsbook does it as well. But we'll, we'll have guests on, analysts on, who cover boots on the ground, Clemson and Georgia, and we'll get some insights as to their relative health. It's going to be important because as it stands right now, you've got both sides with a few – 
I don't want to say major injuries, but problems. Some guys might not play, and you're a little worried about it because in a magnet in a matchup of this magnitude, where the two teams are pretty pretty even, uh, not having a starting right guard or having a corner out or a linebacker miss or something like that well, could absolutely be pivotal. You talk about a talking point for either one of these teams if they were to win this game for the College Football Playoff Committee selection show the down get the out line. Of jail free card. Absolutely, it is. Yes, it is. This is game is a freebie considering strength of record, schedule, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And in Georgia's case specifically, I think it's huge for Georgia because let's say they, they get to the SEC title game, but they don't win the SEC championship, but they've beaten but, Clemson. But they've beaten Clemson, who They're went on to dominate playoff. the ACC. Yeah, 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 I would think so. You know, Georgia gets saddled with the, you know, we hear this year in and year out about Georgia, and they don't punch their ticket. And I mean, in fairness, they've had a couple of brutal losses and extremely, I mean, you talk about disappointing uh, to lose an overtime in the national championship game where a guy pulls his starting quarterback mid game because you're so dominating only to have that be the move that leads to your demise as Tua comes in and has Alabama win that game against Georgia. And then of course we always go back to the one that had they won in the SEC championship game, they would have gone on to win against Notre Dame. We all knew that was a de facto national championship game, but they lost in heartbreaking fashion to Alabama. There. That's one of the best games I've seen in my game. life, yeah. just because it was, I mean, for the not the faint of heart could not play in that game. It was all about between the tackles, they're going to run it right down your throat, and both teams did for 60 minutes. It was physical. Sometimes those games, you, you say, oh, God, these defenses are awful. No, it wasn't. It was, it was just good offense being more physical than pretty good defense. Well, the weird part of the, uh, the Clemson-Georgia game this year is, okay, so a lot of people will point to Georgia's offensive line as being, if not the best, one of the two or three best offensive lines in the country. You will make a strong case. You can make a very strong case, as we all know, for Clemson's defensive line being the best in the country. And... Anytime you get a matchup where it's that kind of strength on strength, I mean, if you love football and you love wars in the trenches and you've got an elite unit on the defensive side going against an elite unit on the offensive side, you say, okay, I'm, let's get down and dirty in the muck. The problem is when you, when you flip it and you look at Clemson's offensive line, in regards to championship-level teams, it's a fairly pedestrian offensive line going against a very good Georgia defensive line. But... Florida didn't care whatsoever last year that they couldn't run the ball against Georgia. They just threw it every down. And we do know from the advanced metrics that more and more it's more efficient to throw the football if you're adept at it. If you're good at doing so, you can forsake the run. The old adage that you you got to run to to win games and you got to establish that kind of physicality in order to set up the pass, that's not true anymore. If you can throw it 45 times a game and throw it efficiently, like you've got – a bevy of weapons, and you can keep your quarterback upright, then you can win that way. And teams did that to Georgia. They threw the ball, knowing I, they couldn't run on them. I think if there's a zone read element to it as well, I think well, that's, that's important. Co- in, college, in college, you really right. get that, yeah. Yeah, because you can get the lineman downfield. If it was you know, enforced like the NFL does it, yes. if it was a different... As it should be, by the way. As Jimbo would say. If it was a different... Yeah, then I don't know that you can pull it off. But, but you can the way college is constructed right now. Anybody but, got debt? If you were to rank the trenches in that game, Clemson offensive defensive line, Georgia offensive and defensive line. Georgia's, oh, which is the best of the units? Yeah, like, so you go one through four. So Clemson's O-line is number four, right? They're the worst of the four groups. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. Georgia's is one of Georgia's lines better than Clemson's defensive line? Or would you rank Clemson number one on I the think D-line? I would rank Clemson's defensive line number one. Okay. And then I would rank Georgia's offensive line number two. 
Okay. I think that's how that would go. That's a, it's that's going to be an incredible But it's battle. a precipitous drop-off from number yeah. three to number four. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for an early edge, it's just, that would be the way to lean. Yeah, it's hard, though. I mean, because, again, you mentioned it yesterday on the show. DJ's played in a big game before for Clemson and shown up and shown out. And, and you know, so JT Daniels is going to have to show me now that, all right. He has, but then also remember how the season ended for Clemson and Brent Venables when Ohio State was basically saying, well, if we just huddle and we get to the line and go, they don't have time to adjust. Mm-hmm. Perhaps their secret is that if you're going to hang out at the line of scrimmage for a few seconds and set up your play and get your signals in, then Brent has time to react, get in the signal to his linebackers, and they're in better position. That, I would think that's the first thing George is going to do offensively is mimic what Ohio State did to see if Brent is a one-trick pony, and maybe they discovered a, a bit of a weakness. You know, it's funny when you get to that level when you're talking about talent everywhere, when you've got NFL talent littered throughout your offense and your defense. Um, you find these slight coaching adjustments where the fan bases can either see their guys shine in a way that will allow for them to make mistakes five years into the future and be forgiven. And other times they get exposed for the first time because they're not the one with overwhelming talent this time around and they get outshined. And that might have been the first time that Venables really got I mean, that adjustment from Ryan, that was doing some things. Yes, the reason reason that that particular adjustment was one that I took to heart "Mm." is because the players at the end of the game were laughing about it. Oh, they were like, oh, we We, knew it. We we got this. You you huddle up, you get to the line, you're on your play, they don't have time. I was like, well, how about that? It it wasn't an analyst post fact pointing to it. It was the players themselves saying, that was our game plan, and guess what? We beat their ass. Yeah, no, they're really well coached. An oddity, by the way, I mentioned the Rose Bowl earlier in that first week, late night, man. Have some fun with LSU and UCLA. I have a feeling that's going to be a weird and funny game. I think we're going to be talking about it into the second half, believe it or not. I, I do. I'm a, I think two fingers to my eyes, two bet to you, Ed Orsron. I'm. We'll see. They may just have too many dudes. Yeah. It could be that the Uber driver just got lucky that year. <laughs> But boy, did he Not ever. Not talking about Ed. <laughs> ever, I was going to say, boy, did he ever pick a good year. This, this smart out kid gets in his cab, just That's ripping wrong. his town, I mean, ripping his on. university. No, 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 no. Ripping his. <laughs> Not the town. I, I love Baton Rouge, man. I love Baton Rouge. That was great. But uh, yes, little did I know that they would have a generational offensive mind and one of the great comeback stories in college football history. Yeah. Yeah. Record Merge setting, in fact. Yeah. For one season. That guy's driving around somewhere going. I should tell you about the time this kid got in my car, basically spit in my face. <laughs> I've never been able to locate him. I wanted to ask him in no uncertain terms, how do you like us now? I'd say good for you. <laughs> good for you. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
Wanted to uh, make mention, this actually happened today, Tom Wang. This is an organic mention of our partners at T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction. Uh, truly is. I Early this morning, I was out. I, I, my day was going to be very busy today. It was such that, uh, obviously, I was gearing to this moment. But as soon as I leave here, I'm off to Pensacola with Corey Clark, also of Warchant.com. And we're going to... Uh, have a good time over in Pensacola and meet up with the Seminole Club there, and, and it should be a lot of fun. But obviously that means anything post-work is not possible. So I uh, wanted to get a bunch of things done, and one of those things, uh, not to I don't know, toot my own horn, was to go on a run and and listen to something I've been meaning to listen to. That makes runs bearable, by the way. I might add. If I can't get to OTF and I've got to do something in the neighborhood – Let's put the headphones on and listen to some, especially with college football. There's a million college football podcasts. You're trying to catch up on everything, especially in areas where you're like, you know, I don't live anywhere near the Big Ten country. What does Iowa have coming back this year? Let's just go over there to that. You know, and you can find it. You can I find know it. I like a side on that, but yeah, should yeah, I? Yeah, let me should double I like check. A side? Let's be thorough. Or am I picking helmets here? Yeah, so I did. Sometimes you just base it on reputation, but then you realize, oh, wow, they're replacing nine starters on defense. I didn't realize that, you know? So I was trying to garner information. It was early, and I'm, I'm running down the road in my neighborhood, and this truck pulls up on me, and I'm getting nervous. I'm like, what's this all about? The guy's slowing down. What are we doing here? He's off to my right side. He pulls up, and he goes, hey, buddy. Hey. I'm like, oh, man, what's going on here? I, then I thought maybe he just needed directions. Seemed like a, a, a friendly fellow, older gentleman. And I stopped, and I took out my earbuds because I didn't know what the hell he was asking. He goes, I like your shirt. And then it hit me. I didn't even realize I had my T-Spark shirt on. And I said, oh, thanks. Appreciate that. And he goes, I work for T-Spark. And I was like, oh, well, in that case, how are you? And then we had a nice cordial conversation. And uh, I told him that my roof was on there and that it's still kicking ass all these years later. And, you know, I was one of the first. So when he pulled by, did it have a T-Spark logo on the truck or was it? A big one. Okay. (laughs) You work for him. Do you? You No, he did. And uh, we had a nice conversation. And he was telling me that he was in the neighborhood because somebody had requested that they come out and get an estimate and all that. And he was on his way over there. He wanted to know, so, you know, where do you live? And I was right over there. And I explained. And he's like, still happy with your roof? I'm like, yes, I am. And he goes, I'll tell T-Spark that we had another satisfied customer. I was like, you tell him Jeff said hello. <laughs> and now you're telling more people because you've got the uh, the bully pulpit here to tell people. Yeah, but that actually happened, and I thought it was really cool. I, en- I enjoyed that. So, Well, um, it's peace of mind, man. There's stuff that we don't know about, and for me, I'm a first-time home buyer, and uh, I don't know anything about anything when it comes to that. I ask friends. Mm-hmm, yeah. And luckily, T-Spark's a friend from way back at the other place of employment, so he came out, gave me a personal consult, and I'm on a plan to make sure that the roof is okay. Any leaks, I call him, but there aren't as of yet. I'm sure there will be, but when it happens... I just call T-Spark. Go to tsparkconstruction.com for more information. I'm just going to let you take it over. There it is. I don't have to go down that road, even though oh, I I've heard that jingle, days. man. You hear that jingle long enough, then you know. Yeah, you don't you even do. need to read anything. You do. So there it was. Uh, and it was it was a nice little interaction, and it reminded me. Uh, Jonathan pointed out, by the way, yesterday on the show, we were having a conversation, and I said that at one point, and our, we have a mutual friend, Tim Linnefelt, he cha- do indeed. He chastised me via text yesterday. He doesn't chastise anybody. That's he, not his style. He chastised me via text yesterday, but I fired back and called him uh, 
Well, basically. Something you can repeat? Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, I can't. There was a self-censor yeah, kicking yeah, in. Yeah, I yeah, can yeah. see that. I think I, that... I told him that he needed to settle down. But the thing was, uh, he was he was saying that my take about the Knowles at some point. Now I'm not talking about a permanent change. That at some point I'd like to see Florida State wear those white helmets that we've seen somebody design. I don't know who did it. I, I would give them credit, but the one that I've seen looks cool as hell. And it's got the. It, it, it incorporates the, the kind of garnet spear. Right. Yeah, and right. then it has that visor and everything. Yeah, it's the new take. Because remember when those uh, mannequins were there way yes, back in the yes, Jimbo days? Yes. And they used to wheel those mannequins around like we're at a Sears or yeah. a Macy's or something. And they had the all-black uniforms and the all-white uniforms. Mm-hmm. This is an updated version of that. Yeah, that's all it was. All the crews are putting that uh, helmet on for Every their time I see it, I think it looks nice. I do. I'm not, I don't want to make a permanent change to the best helmet in all of sports. But I'm not so married to the best helmet in all of sports that I wouldn't, on a particular night, just for fun, try something else to see, you know, see if it, I don't know, to see if it uh, really popped, if you will. Uh, I I like it. It looks yeah, good. I don't see why we wouldn't do it. We've already, you know, had the, the reverse helmet with the garnet mat that doesn't even go all the way down to the base yeah, of the that helmet. That was terrible. Which is they ridiculous. They should have never done that. But if you're going to have that helmet, then yeah. you better have the white helmet because the white helmet's better. Yes. So Plain and simple. He, his point kind of was, and as have been others, that the traditional powers that be, that you look around college football and they wouldn't change their... And somebody here by the name of Jonathan pointed out, sent a picture over here, Alabama has worn white helmets. And he's got, I guess he's got the picture to prove it here. I mean, you can do it. You oh. can just give it a go. Ohio State wears weird, uh, wears weird stuff. That's kind of a tongue twister. Every couple of years. I mean, Michigan State's got one of the most classic looks in the world, and they try to bastardize that every they six never, months. Now that they never and they should. never land a good one. By the way, it's just totally, it's so funny. It, when you reacclimate yourself to the start of college football, you remind yourself all the time about how tied in we all are to – the big picture. I mean, we have our team. Everybody went to school somewhere. We got it, you know, and for us, it's, we're Knowles. But we love college football, and we love the traditions, not all traditions, but we, we like the differences at each university, whether it's the architecture and the layout, the fields, the fan base, their traditions, the things they do to tailgate, whatever it might be, right? And usually we're fairly familiarized with their history, too. I mean, if you really love the game, you know that at one point – uh, you know, Syracuse was an actual good football program. It's been some time now, but there was a time they when they were outdoors at the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were even good in the Big East. And, yeah, that's and right. Donovan Late McNabb. 90s, yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Marvin, one time Harrison. One time, not one two time, time, not two time. Marvin, one time, one time Harrison. That's right. Yeah. No, they had some dudes. Uh, and so anyhow, we you know these these pasts, you know these histories, and you know when that they were good. How long it's been since they were, all of that. You know when the uniform changes occurred and all of that as well. And I was, you know, today going through all of this again and reminding myself of the things that I love and and don't love about certain traditions in college football. And I was kind of thinking again and again about how one of these days, you and I, we are going to do this. We're going to get the garnet right? Well, that is going to happen. Okay, I, I know. Right. I know that is one of these days. That is an inexhaustible argument. You will have. You will bring that up once a week. I will. 
Well, but we've had all kinds of different garnets, though. We've had red, we've like had Maryland. Straight up red. We've had Mississippi Just State, like whatever that is. Just mustard yellow. They, you know, the 70s uniforms I've seen the photos of, it's like the Mississippi State color. Mm-hmm. And then we've had this color that we're wearing, this purplish thing. Yes. That we also wore in the 80s. If you look at Bobby's pullovers in the 80s, it's kind of this hue of garnet. Yeah. But the right answer was 2012, 2013. We all know this. Well, they were gorgeous. They were gorgeous. What else are we going to do? I guess you weren't talking about the garnet. Army, Navy, man. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yes. We see it every year. When are we going to Army, Navy? We've got to get our ass out there. And then for some odd reason... And this is the second part of what I came to realize, besides that we keep saying we're going to go to Army, Navy, and that we don't. I realized that you have your number one team, and then usually there is somebody that you have a real affinity for. It could be that other family members went there. For me, people who've listened to this show for a long time know I have many family members that went to OU. And so Oklahoma is my second team. I root for Oklahoma to do well. Now, obviously, when we've played Oklahoma, that isn't the case. I've rooted for Florida State, but but... I want Oklahoma to win the Big 12 every year, and I want Oklahoma, if we can't win at all, I, I, I root for Oklahoma. And then there's that group for no reason whatsoever. You don't know anybody that went there. You have no real reason why you do, but you just do like this team. And that's a group of like 10. There's like 10 to 15 teams that you just like and you don't know why. For me, for example, you know I've always just liked Wyoming. Yep. I don't know why. I do. I want Wyoming to play well. If I'm flipping around and you know all games being equal and that I don't have a care in the world about any of them or I don't have money on any of them, if Wyoming's on, I'm watching. Colorado State for you as well, right? I love Colorado State. Yep. I do. Mm-hmm. And I like that town. That's a great city. Yeah, I do. I like Colorado State an awful lot. They're high on my list. We both share our love of Army because of our dads. Absolutely. And my granddad. Yep. Um but that's already three, and then I've always had a soft spot. You have two, I think, uh, for LSU out of the SEC. I like mm-hmm. LSU, yep. and I love Washington out of the Pac-12. Love them. I love them. I love their uniforms. I love that stadium. I really like that area of the country. I don't know that I want to live there, but I, I like to visit it. Washington is my Pac-12 team. That's a you thing. My brother-in-law uh, that I've known for well, you need to jump on board 30 way. years is, is a USC guy. Now, they haven't been anything in a long time. Yeah, screw but. USC. Yeah. There's <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing to like about you. I like to see him happy. Yeah, I like to see, yeah, you know. That's fair. My three brothers-in-law is USC, it's Georgia, and it's Florida. So I can like two of those teams. I, I, like, can't like, I like Georgia in the East. I'm fine yeah. with Georgia. Enemy of my enemy. As long as they cool off in Valdosta a little bit. But they won't. Yeah, I don't care anything about Georgia all that much. I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike them at all. I root for them to win the East, but I'm not passionately involved in rooting for Georgia. But I now have family members, one that goes to Georgia and oh, yeah. one that goes to Georgia Tech. So have you attached to Virginia for your nephew who went to law school there? Or is law school, like, not enough? You have to go to undergrad yeah. for, for you to give a damn. Undergrad is okay. where, yeah, you, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, whatever. UVA's whatever. I love Charlottesville. The blinding beauty? Of Charlottesville. The JPJ Arena. Do we, on a Redemption Thursday, the first of the year, introduce it? Oh. Do we, either one of us, even know who Virginia, who the hell Virginia opens with? Oh, William and Mary would be my guess. <laughs> if, they're, if they're scheduling that smart, that's a fine institution. Or indeed. the Richmond Spiders, but they'd be, that'd be dangerous. You don't want to take on Richmond in week one. Love those helmets. Really quickly, let's see if it's worthy of oh, our... Oh, boy time honor tradition welcome in the 93.3 audience and have them learn of this magnificence where the hell are you virginia is it really matthew's telling me it is william and mary i think you knew that because i think it always is (laughs) 
You may have not realized that you know that just to know it. The clairvoyance is here, man. There it is. It is William and Mary. There it is. At beautiful Scott Stadium in Charlottesville, Virginia. Scott Memorial? No. No. The Scott Stadium. 7.30 p.m. William and Mary rides into town to take on Virginia, where their fans will indeed say, Here comes Virginia! Pretty good. That's not bad. Pretty good. I had the nasal handicap, too, so that's pretty good. Not bad right off the bat. I'd say it's a solid B+. That was one of the first. That is the first. We have christened the airwaves at 93.3 with Here Comes Virginia. I think B+. Oh, my goodness. You made me go to William and Mary, the uh, website, just to check on uh, how they're doing. That's actually at the college website, right? That just that sounds like it could be shaky. William and Mary? Williamandmary.com. Yeah, they're like, whoa, what's going on here? That's a camera. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. <laughs> Strange deal there. You can't blame that on Tommy. We've got an empty cart from back in the day. That's it. You know the terms. Yeah, it's an empty cart from back in the day. There was an ugly push in baseball last night uh, between the Padres and the Dodgers. Bless your heart if you had that game uh, as, a, as a win, and then it ended up being a, uh, a push for you. That's a, that's a tough one. Uh, but it was the longest game of the pandemic because uh, it took five hours and 49 minutes to play. They went to the 16th? 16th inning. With a runner on second each half inning. That's, yeah. that's really hard to do. A.J. Pollock uh, hit a two-run homer. And the Dodgers beat the struggling San Diego Padres. Tough times. Greg Tish, I feel for you, buddy. Hang in there. It's tough to watch a team who had those kinds of expectations be on the precipice of meeting none of their goals. Was that cruel? I didn't mean that to be cruel. I no. Just, I'm just saying. He had actually said in the hallways that if he ever mentions them to you, they lose, and he made the mistake of doing so about three weeks ago. It is kind of true. I mean, it is weird. That goes back a ways. Uh, I don't know why, but it's true. Like, anytime he mentions them to me, it's like the baseball gods are like, what are you doing? Struggling. <laughs> it is. Uh, I actually really, really, um, I really, really like uh, that Padres team. I like their uniforms. I like a lot of their players. I was rooting for this to be a year that they uh, were able to to do something. But uh, I don't know, man. The fly in the ointment for everybody in the National League is San Francisco. Out of nowhere, they just ten used to be. Oh my goodness, they keep winning and winning. And I guess at some point you just got to assume that they're going to keep on winning. So for Florida State over the weekend, for those that want to know, it's going to be uh, another mock game. But I don't think they're going at it. As hard and as you know, like a normal scrimmage, I don't think that's going to be as physical. Then they should say it's a mockery, not a mock game. Well, you don't need to get out there playing a, ga- a, a game uh, right this close to the real game. I mean, I would think that they're going to put them in situations. They are going to mock it up a little bit here, but I, I don't want it. They don't need to be going crazy. You mock it up. You mock it up. Mock it up. Get it together. But I do think that uh, they have tried to put them and as many situations that they'll see in a game as possible. And then uh, from there, 
it's going to be about those adjustments and how you handle the adversity that is sure to come. And I, I don't know how many times we're going to repeat it, but I, I just continue to wonder about that more than any other element. Yes, I'll talk about the linebackers and, and how we're lacking in some areas there, and that's why we continue to see them work some other people in that uh, in that position, including safeties. Um, and I'll talk about you know how quickly can this receiving core grow up and be an integral part of what we're doing from a consistency standpoint. I mean, I think there's guys there that will make plays. Can they be consistently accounted on? Um, and then, you know, all of the things that we've wondered about since the last second ticked off the clock of the last game last year, which is, again, we've wondered who the starting quarterback was going to be. I don't know the answer to that definitively. It, it appears to me more and more, uh, just reading the tea leaves, I, I have no official information uh, that, but it seems to me more and more like it's probably going to be Jordan Travis getting the majority of the snaps for this game. So we'll see what happens throughout the course of the year. So let me ask you this question, because if you're trying to put somebody in a position to succeed and you're thinking about the macro rather than the micro of the Notre Dame game, but the whole season, if you put Jordan Travis out there first and he struggles, the calls for Mackenzie Milton will be deafening within two drives, right? Like if he struggles for two consecutive drives. But if you put McKenzie out there and Jordan takes the job, isn't that a little bit better if you're talking about the big picture of how something is presented? Wouldn't you rather fail with McKenzie first? Does that even come into play? I mean, that that's a tough deal because if you've got the bona fides of McKenzie and you're Jordan Travis going out there and, and things don't go so hot, damn, man, that is a tide of second guessing that'll come your way from fans, media, and everybody. We are in a position not to really be able to answer the question that most people want to know because, again, between load management and, you know, we're, we're not – I don't know that I'm speculating, but, you know, it doesn't take Amensa to read the post-round comments of uh, Coach Norvell and or to see – who completed what to whom. I mean, these things are charted and monitored by people uh, at varying websites that cover practice every day. Most notably, warchant.com. Well, yes, but what I'm saying is if you're in the position of a fan and you're wondering that question, I mean, you by now have begun to assume that there have been a lot of days missed, whether that is by design or not, okay? Let's just assume it's by design, to, to be fair. It, it, it just it, there have been a lot of days missed by Mackenzie Milton, and again, that's not like revealing secrets. That's just the reality. You can read those practice reports, and you don't see his name mentioned as having completed a pass or done this or that. Right, so you can assume at that point that okay, just load management or he's overcoming something that's nagging. I don't know that. That is me speculating. I don't know that. I'll, so you know, either way. If he's not getting the kind of reps that starters normally get, I just would wonder, is he even ready to play? I think the answer on that would be, and this is putting words in Orville's mouth, so i got to be careful, but if you want to answer that and you're going to play him, the answer would be, I know what he is. As long as he's ready to go and he's you know fit to play against Notre Dame, I know what he's done. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's not possible. I, I want to make that abundantly clear. By the way, let's just say... They they say, look, we know you know the offense. Uh, we got to get. We want to make sure you're 100 percent ready to go. So let's get to where. All right, you know what? We're not going to push this thing. Let's whatever it is, whatever's nagging you. I, and again, I'm speculating on that. I don't know if that's the reason. Load management, whatever it might be. 
you only need to make this many throws. Maybe you only need right. this many reps by the time the game comes around. The thing I'd say is if he was limited for Notre Dame, and it might not be the case, it could be that this plan is there's a ramp-up plan ready to go for next week and install, and then it crescendos with Sunday, September the 5th, he's ready to go against Notre Dame. But if he was limited, in a way, it would almost take pressure off of Jordan Travis to declare that before the game starts. Because then people aren't looking over Jordan's shoulder. Teammates, people in the stands at Doe Campbell, the 78,000-plus that are in attendance, they're not looking over his shoulder. If, if he's limited, you almost want people to know that because, well, listen, man, that's why, that's why we're going with the offense we're going with. That's why the snap count is distributed the way the snap count is distributed. The answer also could be in a week's time, well, Jordan's just won the job outright, so what do you want from me? He's, been, he's the better player. But, I mean, that's a really tough juggling act when McKenzie has the track record that he does. He was healthy for those years, but it's a track record that's pretty impressive. I just hope, really hope, that um, A, McKenzie's able to play. Obviously, you know, a guy that's worked as hard as he has to overcome what he's overcome, you're going to root for. Uh, and then in addition to that, we could use his passing ability, especially because he's played big in big moments and big games, so you know he has that in him. So we're, we're rooting for him to be able to play because it makes Florida State better. But I would also say that I just hope Jordan Travis doesn't worry about that. I mean, maybe it's impossible, but I'd like him just to not worry about it. I mean, he seems to have gone about his business uh, in a way that uh, earns him an opportunity to get a lot of playing time. And at the end of last year, we weren't so sure. Oh, actually, how about this? At the time that we learned Mackenzie Milton was transferring to Florida State, we kind of thought, ooh, well, it may be uh, one more year before Jordan Travis gets his chance. And that turns out that he just put in the work and got better as a passer, and that's to his credit. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. If you're surfing the interwebs, searching for uh, conversations surrounding Florida State Notre Dame, I do believe College Sportsbook will be releasing the uh, the breakdown of Florida State Notre Dame this evening. You can find that on YouTube. Uh, uh, Ira Chaffel is on that one. Uh, I, I am not, but Ira is, and uh, you get a chance to get a little preview of Florida State Notre Dame. College Sportsbook, man. I already subscribed. I think I was one of your first three or four subscribers because uh, I need that info. You're not always forthcoming on phone conversations, so I've got to find it from... From the videos. Also, I'm silly because I get busy doing things and I forget about the things that I'm doing. That doesn't make me a very good hype man. I'll forget to follow my own stuff. I really am awful about it. I've got to get better about you gotta it. you got to like your own videos. Mash the like, hit I subscribe, don't. hit the bell. <laughs> I'm not Every time you go live. Uh, oh, man. You should do that up for War Chance TV, uh, though, for real, folks. You should, absolutely. Uh, really quickly, let's get to it. It's time for Probables, brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. It's time for how you say, with the pitching uh, probables? How about the Orioles getting off the schneid? They're getting a win last night. Good on you, kids. 
They're in the fifth inning right now and actually winning again. Whoa. What is going on? I'll tell you why I'm shocked by this. Keegan Aiken, sorry ass, is winning. He of the 0-8 with a 747 Aiken family. Oh, my. More like Aikman. <laughs> Jaime Barea is pitching for the Angels. Keegan Aiken for the Orioles. Reds, Brewers are playing currently. Cincinnati leads it one to nothing in the first. That's Sonny Gray and Brett Anderson. White Sox, Blue Jays, Carlos Rodon, Hyun Hyun Ryu. Going for the Blue Jays, Cardinals, and Pirates. Miles Nicholas. Yes. Mitch Keller going for the Pirates. He's been terrible. D-backs, Phillies, Zach Gallen, Zach Eflin, Zach. Giants, Mets, Alex Wood, Carlos Carrasco. Do any of the Zachs in the previous game spell their name with an H? Yes. Both? No. Okay. Eflin. Hey, your boy was pissed when your manager came out to take him out last night. We're pissed in general. In but, he, but he was angry because he, he was pitching well. and he, he was very angry. Just thought you should know. Showed up the manager. Rangers, Indians, Jordan Lyles. Our opponents do every night. <laughs> Sam Hinches pitches for the Indians. Twins, Red Sox, John Grant, Chris Sale. Chris Sale has come back and looked really good. Nats, Marlins, Patrick Corbin. Alicia Hernandez. Dodgers, Padres, Max Scherzer, Hugh Darvish. Yankees, Athletics, Jamison Tyon. Of course he's had a good year. James Kapilin goes for the A's and the Royals. And the Mariners face off Brad Keller and Yusikaguchi. That's a look at those that shall reside on the bump. So, I like that this like sort of Bush League house band that made this generic rift for us to be able to use and not get our YouTube feed docked. You know they walked in and the producer went, I want you to summon Steely Dan. A little Steely Dan here. Got you! I got you! I've always wanted to do this! That's it, boys! That's it, you got it! <laughs> He's 350 with a ponytail. <laughs> Keep it going! Oh, that's good. That's good. That was fun. He's good. the guy who used to get mad at Christine Lisi and Bob Percozzi. Bob! <laughs> You're killing me, Bob! <laughs> oh, my God. That's so good. The rose-colored glasses. Oh, that is good. That is good. Good work out of you, Matthew. Good work out of you, Tom. Thanks to all of you for listening and or watching. We do appreciate it. Be well. Have a wonderful night. I'm off to Pensacola with Corey Clark. Should be a fun time talking to the Seminole Club there. You guys take care. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Alivations Friday. Mm-hmm.